0: Of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435 752 1069 or text 435 339 0321. It's the full court press.
2: Throws, and yes! Caught! Touchdown, did he get it?
3: Hey, what's
4: going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. How you doing? Uh, happy Christmas, Adam, by the way. you, you you've never heard that before?
2: Oh, I've heard it. Oh, okay. That's not the problem. <laughs> That's not the problem. Because
4: uh, Adam came before Eve.
2: You got your new balances on, too. <laughs> uh,
4: we'll be talking about Utah State. And Memphis today, you're on the Full Court Press, our predictions, what we think is going to happen. Love to get your predictions as well. I know the game still several days away, but really this is our last opportunity to be together live before the game happens Tuesday afternoon uh, because Monday is the holiday and Tuesday afternoon is the game. So we'll give our predictions uh, how we think the game's going to play out. Love to hear from you also on our Full Court Press text line. Also, later on, we'll be looking at uh, Utah State and SMU. They'll be tipping off here in about an hour. Uh, at least that's the schedule on ESPN2, part of the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic being played at the Stan Sheriff Center in Honolulu. And uh, SMU shocked Iona yesterday. Can they do it again today? Utah State um, had a great defensive effort against Seattle. And can they do that again against SMU? Um, Interesting note, going into this game, just on a whim, I pulled up to see what kind of an impact Utah's victory over Seattle would have on their uh, net ranking. Now, Utah State fell 24 spots after losing to Weber State on Monday. Well, after everything has happened this week, some opponents of Utah State have done well, have had some big upsets. And, um, you know, a few other things have happened. Utah State added another victory and to their, uh, on their win column. And Utah State jumped 10 spots overnight. Now they're at 14 in the net. So really shocking. They've now been, uh, leapfrogged New Mexico back into the number one top spot in the Mountain West, well, at least among Mountain West teams in the net rankings. So uh, kind of a surprising uh, finish, or well, uh, placement, I should say, for Utah State almost virtually erasing the uh, the drop that occurred on Monday after losing to Weber State. Now, they still need to win. Uh, I think they still need to beat SMU today and uh, whomever they face in the championship on Sunday. Um, if they get those three wins in Hawaii, does it totally overlook the loss on Monday, and, and does it change their potential spot in the AP Top 25 poll or coaches' polls, that I'm not entirely sure that Weber State loss will still be glaring at them.
2: Now, Utah State, you know, reset or even obviously set back their chances of getting to the AP poll. Winning out here in Hawaii probably gets them back to about where they were before the Weber State loss. Because I think people look at the schedule and they say, look at all these good teams they beat. All they lost to Weber State, and they say, well, that's kind of weird, but... um. You know, voters could write that off as just an anomaly, um, given how many other times the Aggies have played very well. But in the end, we've had this conversation about half a dozen times now. It's all about marquee wins. Utah State doesn't have them. The one path they had toward getting ranked had to deal with, you know, getting a bunch of wins in succession, being undefeated, having a zero in that loss column. Now that they don't have that, it's definitely going to take even longer to get into the AP poll. And it's probably not going to happen at this point unless they start out the season like 18-1, and 17-1, 19-2.
4: Well, and it could also uh, be determined based on what does that margin of victory look like. If they roll through the entire Diamond Head Classic with victories of 20 to 25 points apiece,
2: that will turn some heads. If I don't nine, know if 9 and 0 didn't turn their heads beating, you know, Seattle, who nobody in the AP really recognizes as being good. They're, you know, 100 plus in the NET. Beating SMU, who, yeah, they upset Iona, but everyone's just going to see the number next to SMU's name. And then beating, let's say they go face Washington State, who I think is still on track to potentially uh, make it to the final. Like, that's not going to turn any heads, even if they do blow them out. Even if they win by 20 plus in each of these games, if nine and O didn't turn their heads, being well that make them 12 and one, and the same you know, you know, double-digit wins, the Aggies have been getting double- digit wins against good teams all year. So if nine and and what they did didn't impress them then, it's not going to do it now, especially now that you have a you know a loss.
4: Uh, by the way, Washington State, they did win yesterday, but it was close. Uh, narrow victory over George Washington. Uh, Washington State did win 66 to 64. Yeah,
2: actually, that was me right, because I did actually check the results. Um, and it struck me that all of the games were close except for Utah states.
4: So Washington State will play host Hawaii. Uh, Washington State is favored by three, but that's going to be a 10 o'clock game tonight on ESPN2.:
2: 10 o'clock like.
4: Our time? Our time.
2: Dang. Some late-night basketball, everyone.
4: Yes. Uh, so we've got uh, it's Iona and Seattle playing right now. And uh, actually, I didn't.
2: Last I checked, Iona was winning by like 10 and growing, I think. That well, could have changed there into the second half, and Iona seemed to have pretty good control of that game.
4: Iona's up 54 to 45, 10 and a half to go.
2: Yeah. So they're getting along. Looks like Iona and maybe Iona was a bit overrated since they lost to SMU. I mean, they are taking it to Seattle a decent amount, but maybe Seattle can make that closer. Seattle's just it was tied at
4: half. Yeah. And then kind of like with the Utah State game, Iona pulling away in the second half. Uh, from they've they've scored twenty five to Seattle's sixteen so far in the second half.
2: Yeah, Seattle just not shooting well. When I checked, when I you know looked at the box score last i think seattle was shooting like 32% they shoot 29% uh, against utah state uh yesterday so maybe seattle's just having a bad shooting day but hey that context doesn't come up when uh, you just see the blowout win and you're looking at the resume you just say, oh they won by like 38 points or i forget what the I figure what the exact final margin was uh for the utah state game maybe it was 28
4: uh 84,
2: 56?
4: Yeah, uh eighty-four fifty-six.
2: Yeah, 84-56. That's 28, right?
4: Yeah. Okay, not quite three. <laughs> not not quite up right. by 40. Not quite, not quite. Uh four three five three three nine zero three two one. If you want to chime in, uh, reactions to the game yesterday? Uh, the game had not yet gone final. I mean, w- the game was decided <laughs> by the time we got off the air. But um, yeah, we had to make way for the Air Force and Baylor bowl game. Uh, but, uh, yeah, your reactions to, to the Aggie game and just their matchup tonight uh, against SMU, team that's not had a good season, um, but, you know, Aggies kind of getting themselves back on track, especially with uh, with defense. So they'll have to do that again. To They were a little bit, I want to say they were slow to get going offensively. It took a little bit, but Mostly, the the focus was on defense, and that didn't change for them. Uh, but that that focus on defense will have to continue, I, I think, tonight and really throughout this whole tournament in in Hawaii.
2: Yeah, I think there was some pessimism I had internalized and was projecting back onto the Seattle game. Because while I think it's fair still to actually say Utah State started out a little slow, they began the game three of nine from the field, but thirty three percent is not the worst, you know, field goal percentage on your first nine shots you can overcome that and so i was projecting a bit too much pessimism onto the early game especially in my social media stuff and by the end it was like yeah they did just fine in this game whereas for a long time i was like oh offensively they're doing okay they're doing okay like, so, oh yeah they scored 84 points that's okay that's just fine <laughs> team average is 86 a game you score 84 boom you basically hit your average uh, so I, I was probably projecting a little too much pessimism. And by the end, I was like, yeah, it's about as complete a game as you can play. Sure, there's a couple things you could have nitpicked. Gave up some offensive rebounds. Bit of a shaky start. But, I mean, then the start of the first half, you gave up a couple quick buckets. But, like, that's about it. There's, like, three or four things you can nitpick out of that game. But otherwise, you win by 28 points. So there's not too much bad to say about the game. And it was a great rebound. So while initially it was kind of hard and I was beginning to worry if the offense had just lost its way, but it didn't. These Aggies are still great on offense, and if they're able to keep a lot of this defensive energy, that's going to bode very well for them down the line. They're not going to play this perfect on defense all the time. But this defensive energy, um, something that Ryan Odom talked about after the game is that he um, said that he showed his players a bunch of clips of their game against Weber State, pointing out, okay, you're not getting into the ball handler, you know, you're not playing intense. Uh, I, think, I think the word he uses is like intentional. You know, like you're not being intentional in your defense. And so he's focusing on doing that, and if the Yankees are doing those things, they'll do just fine on defense. They won't force a team into 29% field goal percentage, but they'll keep them from shooting 50% from three like they did you know, with Weber State.
4: Uh, Seattle is trying to make a little bit of a run here. Uh, well, they were, and then Iona kind of countered, but <laughs> so never mind.
2: Basketball is a game of runs.
4: <laughs> but you're right. I mean you were uh, you were polling for Utah State to continue to hold Seattle below 30 percent and they they were able to do that. I mean that's a huge accomplishment for that Utah State defense. Um, not an easy thing to accomplish.
2: Yeah, it's the first time they've done it in about a whole calendar year. Uh, actually, slightly over a calendar because I think it was December 13th of 2021 was the last time the Aggies did it, and they did it to New Orleans. Um, in just a regular old non-conference game. Um, so we'll we'll certainly
4: be talking a little bit more about this uh, this matchup next hour as it's going on. We'll be doing some look-ins and updates as the game is playing out. Uh, for those who want to just focus on that. Uh, One of the few times where we will invite you to change your radio station for those who want to just focus on Utah State and uh, their matchup against SMU, Al Lewis and Jalen Moore, they're doing their breakdowns right now on KVNU, 610 AM, 102.1 FM. They'll be doing that uh, right up until tip-off at 5 o'clock. And, of course, the game will be on ESPN2. As soon as the game goes final, uh, they'll have uh, KVNU Aggie call. John Russell will jump in and he'll offer his uh, thoughts as well as uh, on the game. One big question for this one was, late in the game, a bit questionable as to why Ryland Jones was in the game late when it was a huge margin already for Utah State, but uh, he takes uh, basically a shoulder to the chin, and I, I wasn't sure exactly where he got popped in the head initially, but he looked woozy. He went to the ground, couldn't get up, and he's holding his head. It was kind of a, a concerning moment where here's a guy who was just getting back from being in the concussion protocol and took another shot to the head, but Coach Odom after
2: the game said he'll be fine. Yeah, that's basically he was asked about it and he said kinda dismissive, not in a rude dismissive way, but in a dismissive, oh, he's fine. You know. Didn't you know, didn't provide any specifics, but the attitude and way he addressed the question was Jones is fine, should play. Although, I'm beginning to think that he's probably just going to keep coming off the bench. Maybe it's a long progression back to the starting lineup for him, but I'm wondering if Stephen Ashworth is just going to be the starter from now on.
4: Well, he certainly is earning that position with how well he's playing, and not to say that Jones is not playing well, but just that he's coming back and he's not as much of an offensive contributor as Ashworth is. Ashworth has about as many assists that Jones has. I think Jones is probably better defender. Uh will stick his nose in there as quite literally we've <laughs> a fault really. <laughs> yeah. Uh and will take charges and and uh, can be disruptive. But um I I'm the way that he went to the floor, I I'd be surprised if we see a lot of time for him tonight.
2: Well, I think, you know, uh, coming off the bench for him You look at around 20 minutes, give or take. Maybe it's a little less in this game, especially if Utah State's scoring more. Of course, he was in there during blowout minutes, which was weird because I thought okay, maybe the only reason he's in there is because uh, Connor Odom has been out with injury. That's why you've only seen Landon Brinchley and Connor Gillis in uh, those blowout minutes. Normally you'd put in all of the walk-on guys, but apparently Odom was available. Yeah, Um, he saw time. Yeah, he went in for Jones when Jones went out. Uh, they'd already put in Brenchley and Gillis, but hadn't put in Conor Odom. And Zee was sitting on the bench. It's like, why isn't Zee in there for Ryland Jones? And it's like, there shouldn't be any lineup issues. It's just, you put five guys out there, put your, you know, main rotation guy. You know, so they had Brenchley, Gillis, Jones, Idle Rock, and Zapala out there like why is jones out there
4: yeah that didn't that didn't make sense to me and i get it he's missed time because of the concussion but this is a veteran player it's not like he needs extra time extra reps this isn't a developing player here this is a vet he knows how to prepare himself he knows how to play so i was i was really surprised that he was in and then that happened and of course that just exacerbates the questions about why is he even in the
2: game right now. Yeah, and it was like less than a minute to go. Like when you're up 20-plus points, you get to about two and a half minutes, you know, empty the benches. And it feels like there's a lot of college coaches. I don't think Odom is, he's not alone in this, but it feels like there's a lot of uh, coaches that seem to wait until the last possible moment to uh, pull their guys. Like, you know, to the point where it's like, Okay, you're up 28 and there's, you know, 48 seconds left. You know, I get it if maybe you send your guys out there with two and a half minutes and there's not a dead ball for 90 seconds. Okay, fine. That's out of your hands. Uh, Maybe at most you try and do an intentional foul to get your guys in. You could do that. But still, it's like, you know, it, it was weird that Jones was still in the game. And it's a small thing and it's kind of a freak accident thing, but... There's a reason the convention is to pull your starters because of things like this almost was a disaster. That, Like if Jones gets another head injury, that's probably season ending. Yeah, and, you true. Know, and if it's bad enough, it's dang near career ending, getting concussions that close together. It ended David Woodward's career early. Yeah, it's true. So you got to be careful with those kind of things. And that's why this convention exists. The odds are small, but the odds are there. Um, so uh by the way, so that, that game will tip off at five o'clock ESPN
4: two. We'll provide updates as the game is going on. Um Al Lewis doing his uh, breakdown of SMU right now on KVNU one oh two point one FM six ten AM. But uh, just quickly last uh, we had to break away early yesterday because of uh uh, we're carrying a bunch of bowl games this year, which is exciting. We've had a number of them feature Mountain West teams, and last night was no different. It was Air Force and Baylor uh, in the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl. And uh, how about Air Force? They're, they picked up another win. Um, it was a close first half. You know, Baylor scores late to, uh, to get themselves into the game, and really at that point it's still kind of anybody's game but Air Force, with two third-quarter touchdowns, add one more in the fourth. They win it thirty to fifteen uh, to get to ten wins. That's a big win for Air Force and for the Mountain West Conference, picking up a victory over a Power Five school.
2: Yeah, I think uh, I think the conference is like three and one in bowl games so far, if I remember correctly. I saw somebody tweet that out. I've not like
4: San Jose lost to Eastern Michigan up yeah. in Boise, uh, Boise in- State beat north texas
2: and fresno state won
4: fresno state beat washington state um and uh i think that's
2: that's it for right so now. fresno boise air force won san yes, Jose lost that's correct so that's your three and one okay so unless there's somebody that hasn't and i just missed it but yeah solid win you know especially we get these power five and heck you get uh you know fresno getting the win over power five and whatnot so yeah it's looking good I believe last year was a really good year for Mountain West. They won the the uh made up bowl trophy for the conference.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: right. The 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 Mountain West Conference won more bowls than anybody else. Yeah.
2: So maybe I don't know I don't know what it'll look like this year. I think there's a place you can track that. I've done it before, maybe I should look that up, but I mean if Utah State wins their bowl, it'll certainly put the conference on track to be up there again.
4: Well, San Diego State plays Middle Tennessee in Hawaii uh, tomorrow, um, 6 o'clock on ESPN, for those who have nothing else to do on Christmas Eve. Um, But uh, that's uh, another opportunity for the Mountain West to pick up a win. San Diego State favored by a touchdown right now.
2: All right, so right now, as of, I think, yesterday, as of the end of games yesterday, this is the – these are all the conferences. So the American – it's 0 and 2. The ACC is 1 and 0. Big 12 is 0 and 1. Big 10 hasn't played a bowl game yet. Conference USA is 2 and 3. They only have one more team playing. Um, the MAC is 2 and 1. Mountain West is 3 and 1. Pac-12 is 1 and 1. SEC is 0 and 1. They have 10 more games coming. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, Sunbelt is 3 and 1. so Right now the Sunbelt and Mountain West are tied. They both have the same number of teams playing in bowl they both have seven teams that will play so right now i mean assuming the sec doesn't just absolutely roll through uh their bowl schedule i'd imagine the mountain west has a decent chance of repeating of course they'd have to keep winning yes obviously three on one start um is just a start
4: so yeah san diego state has a chance to add to that uh, tomorrow utah state They'll play on Tuesday. They are the underdogs in that one. Memphis is favored by seven and a half, and then um, it's have to go a little bit further along. It's
2: Wyoming and Ohio, I believe, on January second.
4: Yes, and the uh, Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. Ohio was favored by a point in that one. So
2: yeah, that one's really interesting. It's hard to analyze that one. There's guys skipping out on bowls or got kicked off the team and thus are skipping the poll. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, that's true. Um, who's gonna run the ball for Wyoming, that's a big question. Yeah, big
2: big uh uh big gaps on, on either side. So that could be interesting. So I mean if you go by who's favored, Mountain West's gonna finish four and three. Which probably not gonna give him the trophy.
4: <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably not.
2: Uh, all right, we're going to take a step aside.
4: We'll continue talking about bowls, but let's focus on the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, Utah State. Take it on Memphis. Uh, what are the coaches saying? What about the players? What are the storylines going into this bowl game? And uh, we'll, we'll give our own predictions and love to get yours too. 435-339-0321. Happy
1: holidays from Birch Creek Golf Course. For your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com. Birch Creek's online store offers punch passes that are on sale at the spring sale price, as well as driving range passes and discounted golf lessons from our PGA teaching staff. So for your golfer this Christmas, I invite you to visit birchcreekgolf.com and enjoy Birch Creek's virtual online store. And happy holidays from your friends at Birch
0: Creek. We're right in the middle of holiday season. Most of our focus is on family and friends, as it should be. But don't forget your vehicles during the cold winter months. At Valvoliness and Oil Change, we'll make it easy on you to get an oil change, have your vehicle's fluids checked, and if needed, check emissions and renew your registration, all while you sit in your warm car. It doesn't get much easier than that. Valveliness and Oil Change, 695 North Main, across from Angie's. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts
4: look
1: forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think Young drive young.
3: College football bowl season is underway. Catch the SERVPRO Pro First Responder Bowl as the Memphis Tigers face the Utah State Aggies. Join us live from Gerald J. Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas for the SERVPRO Pro First Responder Bowl on Bowl Season Radio. Listen to the game locally on News Talk, KVNU, 102 FM, 610 AM, and The Fan, 106.9 FM,
4: 1390 AM. Kickoff is at 1:15, with pregame beginning at 11. It's the Aggies and the Tigers in the First Responder Bowl, brought to you in part by Shriver Foods and Primrose Healthcare and Hospice.
0: Happy holidays and thank you for letting Cash Valley Ear, Nose and Throat, the Allergy Clinic and the Hearing Aid Center take care of your family medical needs. Make sure you call now for an appointment before the end of the year to utilize your cafeteria funds. Located in Providence and the new Three Peaks Medical Plaza, North Logan. The entire staff, along with Drs. Benyon, Blotter and Robinette, wish you a safe and wonderful holiday. Go to cashvalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products included. Select Med are accepted. Thermo Fisher Scientific is
1: hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive
4: compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help
0: Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM 1390
4: AM, the Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Uh, love to get your reactions to Utah State's win over Seattle yesterday, preparing for SMU now expected to tip it off in about 30 minutes or so uh Iona and Seattle still going um about four and a half minutes to go still uh in this one and uh right now it's it's Iona leading Seattle 70 to 58 um so we'll see how this continues every time Seattle tries to make a run uh Iona seems to counter
2: and, and lately, Seattle's gotten within eight points like four different times. And it just, I don't know, answers like they go jumper for jumper. And right now the game cast is having a seizure because it keeps <laughs> jumping in a bunch of plays.
4: Uh, so anyway, we'll keep an eye on that. Um, and certainly as the Utah State Aggie game is going on ESPN2 uh, later on this afternoon, um, we'll be keeping an eye on that one as well as we're going along here on the full court press. But in the meantime, let's talk about Utah State and Memphis. These are two teams uh, with similar records, but how they got here uh, a little bit different. Um, Utah State started off in a struggle. Uh, it's a lot of disappointment and frustration at the start of the year. Uh, there was a quarterback change, which a lot of folks around here believe it was a little too late. That change should have happened sooner. But uh, once that change did happen, um, Utah State started to pick up some wins, started to gain some momentum. And uh, and really, Coach Anderson felt like, look, we our goal here is that winning the conference seems to be a little bit out of sight, but we just want to get to a bowl game. And initially, that seemed like a really distant goal and not very realistic. But here we are. I mean, they... They got going. They got on a run and got some momentum going. But then it fell flat and came to a halt, kind of a screeching halt, when they played Boise State. Uh, Memphis, on the other hand, started off really strong. This is a team that uh, has had some experience being a highly regarded national team, uh, played in the Cotton Bowl not that long ago, and then started off pretty strong, and then they started to fade but it wasn't that they were getting dominated and just falling apart. They just had a hard time closing games out. Uh, they were competitive in almost every game that they lost. And, uh, and so for them, they, uh, this is a team that feels like kind of a frustration going into the bowl game, uh, whereas Utah State kind of erased their frustration from early. So it's kind of different, uh, I think, attitudes coming into this bowl game with the mindset of these two teams.
2: Yeah, certainly. I think it it is tricky just analyzing this game just with momentum. Like, do the Aggies still have momentum? Does Memphis not have any momentum? Because uh, you mentioned you know, the Aggies, they did win five out of their last seven, and Memphis, they lost five out of their last seven. But I think Memphis has a win in their most, well, I can't remember if they won their most recent game. Uh, Utah I think st- they did. Utah State lost its most recent game, obviously with Boise State. Well, actually, Memphis lost its most recent game. They lost. Uh, they beat North Alabama fifty-nine, nothing. That got them bowl eligible. Mm. Then they lost a close one to SMU. Speaking of SMU,
4: right, and we're, that uh, this bowl game will be on their on their campus on that football field. Yeah. So. They were just there. So they're familiar with the field, they're familiar with the environment, they're familiar with how the, the bad taste that was left in their mouth the last time they were there.
2: Yeah, and so there's a, just a lot of things that really worry me about this game. Not so much in talent. I think the Aggies are talented enough to win this game. I think talent-wise, they match up with Memphis. But I think strength for strength, weakness for weakness, match all those dots up, and Utah State comes out on the wrong end of all that. I feel like Memphis' strengths line up with Utah State's weaknesses and not enough of Utah State's strengths line up with what Memphis' weaknesses are. And I think Memphis' weaknesses can be a bit overblown because one of them is Memphis has given up a lot of passing yards. But Memphis has also played... I forgot to put this in my in-depth preview I wrote like a week and a half ago. That I think they've played like five quarterbacks who are in like the top 30 in passing yards per game Mm -hmm. something to that effect um exact numbers may vary but they've played a lot of really good quarterbacks is cooper lagar like can he measure up to some of those guys they played is it you know does memphis give up a lot of yards because they've played really good quarterbacks or maybe are they actually still just not very good but the good quarterbacks made it worse like it's hard to analyze, can the Aggies move the ball against this Memphis defense because they've played really good offenses, and that may have made Memphis's numbers worse. So I'm just worried that Utah State may not be able to move the ball as much, but will also give up a ton of yards to Memphis.
4: Yeah, this is a Memphis team that offensively high-powered. I mean, they have... Point totals of 31, 59, 26, 28, 28, 45, 32, uh, 24, 34, excuse me, 44, 44, 37. So these are, this is a team that can pour it on. Uh, high-powered offense, mostly behind a, a dynamic wide or quarterback and uh, several wide receivers. There's not one individual wide receiver that really dominates. There's a number of guys that are good targets, um, and it's uh, uh, this Seth Hennigan, their quarterback, who can also move the chains with his feet and uh, a very dangerous player for Utah State to face, and this is Coach Anderson talking about just how solid a quarterback that they have.
0: He's really, really mobile and athletic, loves to move the chains with his feet. Uh, yeah, they start with the run game, but, but they're going to make you commit bodies to the box, and then they can hurt you throwing it. He, he can make all the throws, very athletic, He's one of those kind of scrappy, competitive football players, and it shows I had a chance to watch him play several times this year, and he always seemed to make the play when he needed to, you know, when, when things were most critical.
4: <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I turned on my mic just i starting to go off. Sorry. But, no, he's, uh, uh, this is a team that Utah State has uh, more yards rushing than, than Memphis does. Uh, coach talks about you know they start with the run but their their passing game is certainly more dynamic than their running game on the year they've got 1700 yards basically and Utah State has nearly 2,000 so uh, Utah State is more effective at running the ball but you look at what they are passing the ball this is a team that's got over 3300 yards through the year to Utah State's 2400 so nearly a thousand yards difference in in uh, in passing compared to just a couple hundred yards difference in rushing.
0: Yeah,
2: and there's going to be some guys missing in Utah State secondary. One of their starting corners has already opted out. He's choosing to just, you know, move on with uh, with his life uh, and with the opportunities that he's going to look for, you know, joining the workforce. Uh, and so best of luck to him. Um, and then uh, I don't think Ike Larson's going to play from what I've heard. There's a, a chance, but I'm, I'm doubtful. Well, according
4: to Coach earlier this week, he was said if we had to play today, he wouldn't play. Uh, he's he's listed as day to day. The time off was was helpful, but um, you know, is he going to make that much of a difference? If he wasn't available today, this was as of Wednesday. You know, is he going to be available next Tuesday? No, and I don't. I, yeah, I don't. Uh,
2: and, I, and I'm I'm slip. I'm doubtful that he's going to play. And so you're losing to, you know, Larson, who maybe not down in, down out, may not be like, you know, a shut-down defensive back, but he's a, he's, he's kind of like Shaq Bond in a way that he's just a big play magnet. He just makes big plays. And that's going to be really important in this game because, you know, you're going to need some of those to turn the tide of this game considering I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Memphis, you know, on most occasions. I think Memphis is going to move the ball very well. And if you're, you know, giving up a lot of yards, the only solution at that point is to create turnovers, which in a single game can work. It's not the greatest strategy long term, but you can pull it off in one game. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think that
4: um, they're going to have to hold their own in that secondary. Uh, to when I think one of the big difference makers in this game will be what that Utah State defensive front will be able to do. If they can get to hennigan that they can apply a pressure to hennigan um you know that's going to make a big difference in this game but though that secondary needs to buy time Uh, if they can buy time there's there's you know the opportunity for coverage sacks they'll be tough but i think that utah state defensive front got better and better as the season went on and started to make more and more plays affecting the game with how they attacked the opposing quarterback
2: yeah, I wouldn't put too much trust in the secondary being able to get coverage sacks. Could it happen? Sure. Um, but most of the impact, the positive impact on the defense against the passing defense, will come from the defensive line forcing pressure on the quarterback and forcing him into bad throws or just putting his butt on the on the on the grass. Like that's how Utah State's going to stop this passing offense is through its front seven, through its pass rush. You know, and the secondary can benefit off that, and they can certainly just make some big plays. I'm not going to say the the secondary is going to be completely incompetent, but the front seven is going to have to pull a lot of weight in this one because of some attrition in the secondary, and because the secondary hasn't, you know, played up to the expectations I had for them. So, and the front seven is obviously going to have to stop the run well too, which they've shown a lack of ability to do in a lot of cases. Sometimes they're just really good against the run, but most of the time they've really struggled. And Memphis, despite the fact they don't have a lot of the you know, high rushing totals, you look at their, the guys who run the ball, they're efficient when they run the ball. And so that's, that's a fact that's hidden in the numbers you've got to dig to find. And so that can be something where it moves the chains and keeps the you game know, in the you know, first down, you get an 8-yard run. And then that makes it all the easier to keep moving the chains. And um, Hennigan, when it's, you know, third and eight, he scrambles out, get a nine-yard scramble. Efficiency getting yards on the ground is going to keep the chains moving, and then they're going to be able to make big plays in the passing game. That's what I'm worried is going to happen. And Utah State, you know, can either shut that down or get turnovers. One of those two things has to happen.
4: Yeah, no, I agree. I uh, love to get your predictions. We'll hear from the coaches and the players getting ready for the game on Tuesday, one fifteen kickoff. We'll have the uh, an expanded pregame show here on the Fan starting at eleven. Uh, we'll have the full play by play here on the Fan starting at one fifteen. Thanks to uh, Bull Season Radio, and then as soon as the game is over, we'll be back on the air with KVNU Aggie Call breaking down what happened and uh, getting your response to it as well. So we'd love to get your your reactions uh, to the bowl, your predictions, I should say, for the bowl game on Tuesday. How do you think it's going to play out? What will the score be? Uh, Jason and I will give our scores and our predictions coming up next here on the Full Court Press.
0: Les Olson IT structured cabling is second to none. Tired of old and inefficient cabling? Have an upgrade or remodel planned? Building a new network from the ground up? We offer the very best in low-voltage cabling installation, including data, phone, fiber optic, and more. Ask us how to get your free consultation today. Less Olson IT.
1: Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com.
3: This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022.
2: White Pine Funeral
3: Services.
1: Saturday on Compass Media Network coverage of the NFL. It's a crucial Week 16 cross-conference showdown as the AFC West leading Kansas City Chiefs host the Seattle Seahawks. Hi, this is John Rothstein. Join Mike Morgan, Brian Baldinger, and me for all the actions Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs battle it out with Geno Smith and the Seahawks, who are still in the playoff hunt. It's the Chiefs and the Seahawks. If it's the NFL, it's right here.
4: Saturday morning, beginning at 10.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fans.
0: Valley Office Systems has now been serving Northern Utah and Cache Valley since 2007. We sincerely thank you for your support over the years and want to wish you a happy and healthy holiday season. Visit valleyofficesystems.com for all your copier, printer, and furniture needs. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
4: Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Love to hear from you as well. Your predictions for Utah State versus Memphis in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Sorry, I didn't say that right. Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. There you go. Got to get it right. It's in all caps. It's all about the branding. 1-15 <laughs> so, uh, kickoff uh, for that one. We'll have uh, expanded pregame coverage starting at 11 on Tuesday. Full day. Of uh, Utah State football coverage. Um, But looks like Utah State, um, well, excuse me, looks like Seattle and Iona. uh, Seattle or Iona is holding on to an 11 point lead here. Um, Looks like they're going to take care of business and move on.
2: Yeah, less than a minute to go there. They've been holding uh, anywhere between an 8 and 13 point lead the last few minutes here. So, like the last six minutes of the game, to be honest. So, uh, Seattle certainly tried. Valiant effort for the fact that they still only shot 29% in this game. Uh, They're having a very bad time shooting the ball in Hawaii. Which is weird, because aren't they, like, the closest of any of the teams playing, other than Hawaii?
0: Uh, I mean, a lot of these are West Coast teams,
2: so, like, Washington State, I guess, so maybe... Pepperdine, aren't Aren't they West Coast Pepperdine in California? So maybe, I guess maybe Seattle isn't the closest, but you'd think, especially Utah State had to travel, you know, one extra time zone... Now, where's Iona? I
4: hmm. don't know. They're in the mid Atlantic Athletic Conference, so they probably had to travel the oh, furthest. They're, always <laughs> away. Yeah.
2: they're one of like two or three uh teams in Division One that are the Gales. So Okay. All right. It's a weird mascot that would to be repeated.
4: Yes. Yes, it is a little weird. Uh <laughs> so your your thoughts, your predictions for Utah State and Memphis on uh Tuesday next week. Um, Jason and I going through some of the things. We'll hear more next hour. We'll hear uh, some more comments from the coaches and the players. we got some comments from uh, their head coach, uh, Ryan Fitzgerald, uh, and uh, their defensive coordinator uh, as well. Uh, excuse me, Ryan Silverfield. I don't know where Fitzgerald came from. Ryan Silverfield and Matt Barnes, uh, the D.C. At, uh, at Memphis, had some comments here recently about the, Agg- the Aggies getting ready for the bowl game. Uh, both teams have arrived in Dallas now, and uh, being their, their bowl festivities are underway. But uh, for Utah State and Memphis, one of the things that we've talked about is really, um, and, and for me it comes down to how well can the Utah State defense handle that high-powered, potent Memphis offense. A quarterback who's mobile, who can make good throws, they've got a number of good wide receivers, there's not necessarily one guy you can key in on to slow down or, or shut him down. Uh, they've got a decent running back. Um, but it's the thing with Memphis is like they, they're they going to be coming at you at different ways on different parts of the field. And so that'll be a challenge for Utah State defensively to, to try to take that away because they'll try to throw a lot at, at them in different areas to keep Utah State defense guessing. But Utah State defensively, has to do what it can to impose its will and to get them disrupted, off target, off time, and to get them off the field.
2: Yeah, you're gonna need a a master class of a game plan from Ephraim Bonda to, to uh keep Memphis like under twenty eight points. Like it would it would be a very impressive, you know, job by him to take this Utah State defense that struggled at times and again has had some attrition to where he's maybe working with not ideal circumstances. And he's also facing a very tough offense. So if the defense is able to win this game by holding Memphis to 20, 23 ish points, then give bond the, the MVP trophy. <laughs> like, oh. He would deserve it at that point. Yes, absolutely. So I, I think that this game will be won or lost by Utah state's defense, or you could say won or lost by Memphis's offense. You could, you, know, you could say it either way. Um, because I don't know if there's going to be a ton of variation in, I think, what Utah State's going to do. I think they're going to move the ball decently well. I think they're going to score some points. They've been coming into their own on offense. They're not the same, like, bad offensive team they were earlier in the year where they just couldn't move the ball, couldn't score. They're getting a lot better on offense. They've moved the ball well against some good defenses. And so I think the Utah State offense will be fine. I'm not too worried about them. It's, it's the defense. So Utah State, I think, is going to score enough points on offense where you could say they should reasonably win a game if the defense does its job. So that's where this game is going to hinge on the performance and execution of the Aggies' defense.
4: And I agree. And I think that while there were injuries and major points of emphasis of of frustration uh, on the offense through early parts of the season, the defense has really been much the same, really been dramatic changes to the to personnel on defense. But the they have had different performances uh, out of that defense. Um, so that's been a little bit of a surprise. Where there's been frustration and you know, personnel issues offensively, the defense should be pretty consistent game to game, but it hasn't always been. But during that stretch where Utah State turned things around um, – they were more effective, and as the season went on, I think that defensive front became more lethal. and uh, I think that is going to be I'm with you. I think this, this game will be won or lost based on the defense and how well they do. You know Memphis, in their losses, they're still scoring 31 points a game. In their victories, 39. Not a big variance there. They score a lot of points, whether they win or lose. So you're right. If Utah State can hold them under 28, that's probably going to be the difference.
2: Yeah, it would be, especially because I think Utah State's going to, you know, edge toward 30 points in this game. Um, So I'm much more leaning toward the shootout. If you are a a betting sort of man and you're considering the over-under, I will not give you any advice, but I'd imagine the over might be a safe bet. The the,
4: over-under is 60-and-a-half.
2: So it's about 30 apiece. Yeah. Yeah, I'd take the over. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take the over. Okay, so uh,
4: quick timeout. When we come back, our scores. Uh, what do we think the score is going to be? How will this game play out on Tuesday? Love to get yours as well 435
3: I'm Amy, and we have been coming up here for years. We love The Sportsman. We love the small-town feel. Great service, all the great quality of merchandise. It's been our tradition, and we love it and look forward to it every year. They do have other brands that are hard to find in Salt Lake. I see merchandise up here that I don't see down in Salt Lake. The Sportsman, there's nothing like it.
1: On Main Street in the heart of downtown Logan with tons of free parking in the back.
4: Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring
3: for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you.
0: Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness
4: home. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com.
0: For 125 years, SC Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. People from St. George to Rexford drive to Logan to shop Utah's oldest jewelry store. One major reason is price. When diamonds are compared up and down the Wasatch Front, SC Needham Jewelers is as low or lower than any store in the state. We compete with any 50 to 70% off sales, internet prices, or so-called wholesale prices. Recently voted as number one jeweler in the best of northern Utah. Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, SC Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock.
1: When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options in the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006
0: talking the sports you care about the full court press on sports talk radio 106.9 FM 1390 AM the fan.
4: Eric France and Jason Walker here on the full court press. Uh, prediction time. Love to get yours also. 435-339-0321. How is the game going to play out on Tuesday between the Utah State Aggies and the Memphis Tigers? So, both of us have said this game is going to be won or lost based on Utah State defensively, how well they maintain, or excuse me, contain contain, uh, the Memphis Tigers on Tuesday, but will they be able to do enough? So, uh, Jason, your prediction about how Tuesday will play out in Dallas, Texas.
2: All right, so I've kind of waxed poetic or at least waxed long, maybe not necessarily poetic, about the fact that I think Memphis is going to move the ball very well and that I'm worried about Utah State's defense, and that factors into my prediction. Uh, unless Utah State manages to get a lot of turnovers, at least like three or four turnovers and or a lot of sacks, Memphis can going move the ball and they're going to score a lot of points, especially through the air. Um, and so I have Memphis scoring 45 points mm. in this one. Uh, offensively, I think the agates move the ball well enough. They may not be an elite uh, offense right now, but they're they've moved the ball. Like, as I said, they're not the bad offensive team they were earlier. They're a good offensive team now. Cooper Lagaw, very much coming into his own. The last handful of games, you know, 240, 250 yards a game over the last handful of games. So he's going to be able to move the ball fairly well through the air. He's going to run the ball with his legs. Calvin Tyler's probably going to have a decent game. A couple big runs could give him an elite game. So Utah State, I have them scoring 31 points. Mm. Good, but not enough because I'm just not confident enough in this defense. So I've got Memphis winning 45-31. Okay. Uh, I think Utah State covers. I think they cover the spread. So uh, by how much do they cover the spread?
4: But in the end, I think I still have Memphis winning the game. Um, I am similarly concerned about their, uh, their their offense, just how balanced they are, some of the concerns, particularly in Utah State's secondary. Um, I think Utah State will give them a fight. I think they'll be competitive in this one. I think they'll have uh, – this will be an exciting bowl for the Aggies because Memphis does give some things up. Um, but I think in the end, it's um, – It's going to be Memphis 37, Utah State 31. So I've got 31 also, like you do. I don't think I have Memphis scoring quite as much. But uh, in the end, though, I think that Memphis has been in that arena. They were there just, gosh, a few weeks ago, a month ago, less than a month ago. Um, They're they're going to have a bigger fan base there. Uh, I think they're going to be a little bit hungrier based on how they ended their season. And I just worry that Utah State was just fighting to get to a bowl game and they're just happy to be there, where Memphis feels like they have some unfinished business. So I am a little bit worried about that.
2: See, I'd probably disagree and say I think Utah State's going to be a little hungrier in this game. I just think they're just going to fall short in some areas. They're just not going to quite execute enough. I'd say Utah State, they're fighting. They're really intent on getting this winning season, sending out their seniors outright. Not to say Memphis isn't, but just from what I, all I've seen is Utah State's definitely not taking this game lightly. I don't think that they're
4: taking it lightly. I just, you know, bowl games um, come down to who, who wants it more. Um, and some teams are just happy to get there. Uh, Memphis doesn't have a great bowl track record in the modern era. They make bowls, but they don't win many of them. So I think they're, that's something that they're trying to correct. Um, but I just worry that Utah State's momentum that was building near the end of the season got squashed in Boise, and I worry that they'll be able to restoke that momentum and that, that drive that, that uh, got them to be bowl eligible.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. But I just think they're, they're they're they've you know they had that goal of getting to the the bowl, and now they've trans. I think they've probably successfully translated that energy to getting a winning record. You hear a lot of the players talking about it. That's something they're really focused on. Um, but to me, that that's not going to be the reason I think Utah State lose. I think it just comes down to just they're probably just going to be outplayed. Sometimes you might want it more, but you're just not good enough. Uh, so, anyway, we'd love to get your predictions. Do you agree with us?
4: Uh, or how would you think it would go differently? Love to get your thoughts on the full-court press text line 435 339 0321. Utah State men's basketball getting ready to take on SMU here in just a little bit on ESPN2. Uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on it and provide updates over the next hour here on the full court press. Utah Jazz, nice win last night over the Wizards, and uh, give an update
3: on that and how that played out and what's ahead for them on the uh, upcoming better. week. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise. The Cowboys have struggled as of late, came close to losing to the one-win Houston Texans, and then last week allowed 40 points in a loss in Jacksonville. The Eagles haven't experienced a similar rough patch. The team is 13 and 1, currently the top seed in the NFC. But although these two teams seem to be trending in opposite directions, the Cowboys could still be a tough out for the NFC leading Eagles. Dallas currently top five in scoring offense, seventh in scoring scoring defense and the team ranks top 2 in both sacks per game and fewest sacks allowed. You have that with the newfound rushing attack with Tony Pollard. Dallas has the ability to churn out yards while keeping the opposition off the field. Whenever two divisional opponents match up, predicting that result is always difficult. But with the Eagles looking like legit contenders for the Super Bowl, the Cowboys still boasting one of the more talented rosters, this matchup will certainly live up to the hype. I'm Dan Patrick and this is Above the Noise.